Welcome to Paranormal, the New Normal. I am your host as always, Jeremy, and this guest, when I found her on Facebook, I was very pleased to be able to land her on my show because it's her story just seems amazing, amazing, and I wanted to hear it. So my guest this week is Linda Gunter, who is the CEO of Love Him, Love Them Ministries, which I, you are the first religious organization I've had in the show, and I am all for oh, that. wow. How exciting. I am all for that. I mean, just a heads up, I am myself an agnostic, but oh, wow. I, okay. I, I'm, op I'm open to everything. So. They say opposites attract, right? <laughs> Basically, and I, I, I just, I've been having a spiritual awakening of sorts by talking to mediums and psychics in my show, so it's just, I don't know what to believe anymore, so mm. let's just well, continue that journey. Thanks for it. That that makes me feel so special. Feel so honored. Oh, <laughs> well, glad I could do that. <laughs> but so, why don't you tell the audience first and foremost how you got into the ministry life? How I got into the ministry life? Ooh, that's kind of funny. So, well, I was raised. My daddy was uh, the music director at our church, and my mom was the piano player. So I was in church every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night, every Sunday night in the Bible school. If the doors were open, I was there. Right. But, uh, I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. I mean, I just kind of went, uh, my, my biggest memory of church when I was young, Jeremy, is that when I got baptized, I forgot to bring dry panties. So I had to sit in the, <laughs> I had to sit <laughs> the rest of the service. I had to make the choice and I'm not going to tell you which one I made to either go pantyless or wet panties. And so that, that was kind of my big memory of church life. Right. Um, and then I got married and then, uh, which I actually, on my very first date, my husband and I, uh, we were at this, the embassy suites in Charlotte, North Carolina and, uh, very nice white tablecloths, candlelight. And this little girl comes running through. She's nine years old. She's got a naked Barbie doll and she's running through the restaurant, making a loud racket. And I looked over at him and stuck my hand across the table. And I said, look, I don't know about you, but I don't want any of them. Right. So we made a deal on our very first date, which my husband, when he tells the story now, he's like, you know, what kind of chick talks to you about having kids on your very first date? Right. But we made a deal that we would never have kids. Well, uh, fast forward in 2004, uh, my very best friend's husband took an AK-47 and shot and killed her. And then he turned around and picked up a knife and he killed her mother. And so my friend had five children, uh, two of which had been born in the country of Haiti, the other three who were Haitian descent. So she had five kids. So those five kids in five minutes lost their mom, their dad, and their grandmother. And they, I don't know if you guys have defects up there, but they fell through the defects cracks and uh, basically ended up living in New York. And one day, my friend's dad called me. He was like 80 years old. And he called me one day and he said, look, Linda, he said, um, I'm terminally ill. And I've reached out to everyone in Haiti, everyone in France, everyone in America uh, to take these kids and nobody, nobody will take them. And so he basically told me that I was his last phone call and that if I didn't take the kids, uh, they were going to have to split them up across the country and put them in foster care. And so, Jeremy, what do you think I said? Of course. Of course. I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to let that happen either. I mean, 
the foster care system in this country is horrible and horrible things happen to foster care children unfortunately so i would i would say yes as well so i'm sure you did my answer was absolutely not i don't <laughs> like kids i don't have any kids and please tell me what in the world you think i'm gonna do with your five haitian kids <laughs> that was my answer um, because I was very, very selfish and I wanted to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And, you know, I don't want to run my, I didn't want to run my life on somebody's school schedule. Uh, you know, at that point in our lives, we were extremely successful. I was driving a Jaguar. I was running a day spa. I could do whatever I wanted, whatever I wanted. And I did not want to take in five kids. And my husband basically threw the Bible in my face. And he said, Linda, what about James one twenty seven? And I said, I don't even know what James 127 says. So he he reads it to me and he says, real religion that God himself considers pure is this, to care for the widows and the orphans who are in a hot mess. And so I, I, I looked back at him and I said, well, that's good, but I'm not Jesus, right? <laughs> so I, that still leaves me out. Uh, and then the rest of that story you'll have to read. It's in our first book, Peanut Butter Crackers and Flip Flops. But I will fast forward to the 17th day of the seventh month of the year 2007, uh, when the family living in my home in Gumlog, Georgia, went to the size of seven with children the ages of seven to 17. Whew. I didn't even have a car big enough for them. I literally had to get, get this. I went from a Jag to a minivan. Isn't that every girl's dream? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> every girl's dream. Right. So, uh, and I'm leaving out lots and lots of parts, but uh, I want to get to the, to the real juicy part. And the juicy part is this. I, I felt like those kids were extremely ungrateful. I don't, I didn't feel like they were very appreciative of uh, what I felt like I had sacrificed and so after spending a couple of Christmases with them, I decided I was going to take them back to Haiti and show them where they came from. And my goal was that when when they saw the country, which I'd never seen it, I didn't know it was what, the way it was. But I thought, you know, then they'll when we come back, they'll they'll be grateful to me and they'll thank me and they'll be like, oh, gosh, you know, you just saved our butts and we just are so thankful. So in 2011. Uh, instead of doing a, the normal Christmas that we do, we went to Haiti and we took enough gifts for, I think we found an orphanage that had 17 girls in it. And we didn't get, we didn't get any gifts that year. We took the money we were normally going to use on Christmas and we went to Haiti. And so we took these gifts for these 17 girls. And then while we were there, the guy that was taking us around said, Hey, I have a friend. He and I used to play music together. And after, this was the year after the devastating earthquake in Haiti, Right. Yeah. And so uh, he said this lady and her, her husband took in 30 kids from their neighborhood because after the earthquake, people felt comfortable going there because they were uh, music teachers. And he said, I'd really love for you to go there. They have no support. They have. No, and, I, and I said, no, we're not going to go because we didn't bring gifts for them. We weren't we weren't we didn't plan for this and I'm not doing it. And again, my husband was like, we, we'd love to go. We'd love to go. <laughs> so we go, we get on the back of this cow truck, my very white husband, myself and our five little Haitian kids, which everybody that saw us thought we were social workers or something. I don't know. Nobody realized we were a family. And we go to this place and we get off the truck and we have to walk past this pile of trash. And when we're walking in, I happen to look over and there's a goat and a pig and two little boys. And they're all rifling through this trash heap with the same goal in mind. They were all looking for food. And that messed me up a little bit. 
So then I start, we go up three flights of stairs to get to the top of where these kids are. And I mean, it stunk. It smelled like what you would expect a place to smell like that has no running water, no electricity and 30 kids running around. Right. So here we are, Christmas Day, 2011. And this was my very first time I experienced a miracle. We had this suitcase with us. And when we opened it up, it had a pair of shoes in it that was exactly the right size and the right gender for every child that was there. There were also Barbie dolls in there and race cars that we had not put in there. And we were the only people staying at the guest house. So we gave the kids the stuff. We did what people, I mean, we colored with them, sat around, played. And I had pretty much had enough and I was ready to go just because of the odor. And so I motioned to my husband. I don't know if you, are you married? Oh God. Yeah. I just got married back in May. Okay. Well, she might not do this to you yet, but eventually she will. She looks at you and it's like, let's go. Right. And I did that to my husband and he just, he just dissed me. So we get over and we sit down and we talk to the guy through an interpreter. Now keep in mind, we don't speak the same language. So we're speaking through an interpreter. And my husband says, my wife and I want to help you. What is your greatest need? And the guy, the interpreter speaks back and he said, oh, he said, you just met his greatest need. And I thought, OK, we got a jacked up interpreter because I can look around here in my own self and see this dude has some need. <laughs> you know, he needs a generator. Yeah. He needs somebody. So I said, ask him again. So they asked him again. He said, no, 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 no. My wife and I have been praying for three months for somebody to bring our kids shoes. And you just did. Now, at that point in my life, I didn't know anybody that I didn't know anybody that prayed for three minutes, let alone three hours. It's certainly not three months. Right. By that point, you give up. So I uh, started to feel extremely uncomfortable to what I now know was the feeling of the Holy Spirit inside of me. But I don't know if you've ever had that weird, weird feeling. I pushed my chair back from the table and I, I gave my husband that look again. And before I could get it out of my mouth, the guy stuck his finger across the table and he said, Mommy Linda, before you go, I want for my kids to sing for you. Now, I'm a pretty bold chick. I think, I mean, we've only been together for a few minutes. I think you can see that. Yeah. I didn't know how to say, I don't want your little orphan kids singing for me on Christmas Day. This place stinks. I'm out of here. <laughs> right? So instead, I walked across into the living room. All those 30 kids came and stood in front of me. And uh, they they sat me on this urine stained day bed. They handed me a four month old child that had been dropped off the night before. And these kids started singing. And they sang, I don't know if you know it or not. This little light of mine. Yeah. I'm going. Yeah. They sang that for me in five different languages. And I lost my mind. <laughs> I sat there and I, I couldn't compute it in my mind how children who did not have one material thing to be thankful for and whose circumstances were horrible. I mean, they had all lost their caregivers in the earthquake. They have no running water, no electricity, and they're standing in front of me and they're singing with this joy. And I'm like, I, I couldn't make it compute in my mind. And I literally felt like, Jesus Christ himself tapped me on the shoulder and said, Linda, I want you to look at this. This is the joy of the Lord. No matter what your circumstances are, no matter what material things you have or you don't have, 
these kids have the joy of the Lord. And I left that orphanage that day, a completely different woman. After that experience, I just, I walked out and I, I told the guy that brought us there, I said, you know, somebody needs to bring those kids to the United States. I said, you're probably not going to believe this. Everybody, all my friends in the United States, they have running water. They've got electricity. And matter of fact, if they don't have what they need, there's a government program that's willing to give it to them. Yep. But they're not happy. There's no joy. They're mm -hmm. not happy. Everybody complains about everything. And the guy looked back at me with his thick Haitian accent. He said, oh, Mommy Linda, every American I bring here, they say the same thing. These children, they can sing so good. They would love to go to America. He said, but nobody ever does anything about it. So that was my very first experience of uh, actual experience of the Holy Spirit or an experience of Jesus Christ or experience of being uh, actually hearing and seeing something. Uh, and then to fast forward with that story, it, this is our brand new book. So you'll actually know what did happen. <laughs> uh, even though we were told everywhere by every major organization that had any footprint in Haiti, you know, we shared our vision and we were like, hey, we'd really love to bring these kids over, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, you're an idiot. And if you think the Haitian government and the United States government are going to work together to bring an entire orphanage to America, you're a nut. And uh, instead, in 2016, with $120 in our bank account and eight buses that broke down on the way to the Atlanta International Airport to pick us up, those 30 kids flew here on a Delta flight and they sang from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, all the way up to the White House. We did it three years in a row, three different tours. And now, as, we, as I sit here today, we have six locations in the country of Haiti. We are responsible for 5,000 children every day. We opened a hospital in the middle of a global pandemic in Haiti, uh, a hospital actually that since the president was assassinated last year is only one of two hospitals that remained open that entire time. And 22 of those 30 children, which that you can see them all behind me. This is them at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That's them at Atlanta Falcons game. 22 of those kids, Jeremy, had the opportunity to stay here in the United States. I just fed dinner to four of them upstairs. Uh, and they are here legally on F1 student visas from sixth grade all the way up to juniors in college. Amazing. Just amazing. And I mean, that... That, I mean, it's a cliche, but that truly is the Lord's work. I mean, even as agnostic, I do believe there are higher powers of some kind that make stuff like this happen. And there's definitely some power behind this. Right. Well, and, you know, there are there are, there's the Holy Spirit and there's demonic spirits. Right. Uh, and I another part of this book, which it, it says the whatever you call it, the subtitle is how 30 orphans changed their world forever. And everyone that has read this book says it's changed their world forever because what happened was this is the story of my world being changed forever. Because when I grew up in that little Baptist church, I, not only did I not have a, an amazing relationship with Jesus Christ, but I also did not understand the evil. I didn't know there were people that astral projected 
I didn't know there were uh, people who worshiped Satan. I didn't know there were demonic strongholds that could take people over. And I, I didn't know all of that. And then here I am. I didn't know there were people who could see in the supernatural. I mean, I didn't know that. Uh, and yet 30 children who lived it and were raised around it, voodoo and witchcraft, uh, explained it to me and walked me through a part of my life that has now taught me so much to the point that I now have a television show called Miracles with Mommy Linda. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so from one complete extreme to the other, right? Yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, I I grew up Christian as well. That's why I knew that song right away because I was in Sunday school. I had to sing all those songs and yeah. as, much as, I, as much as I didn't want to at that point. But, I mean, it's just now it's more I'm – I, I went atheist. I even tried going Satanist for a little while, but found no results. So I just stopped that because I grew out of it. Every teenager who went to, who's my age, who went to church at some point, eventually goes Satanist to rebel. But Right. Because, you know, I think the reason that most people don't go to church is because they've been. And the reason that most people don't want to be a Christian is because they've met someone who says they are. I think God has a lot of really bad representatives uh, that are... <laughs> just making him look really, really bad. Right. Uh, I, I used to own a day spa and the, it was, this is so tacky, but it was called Linda's day spa. And so our, our shirts that we wore said Linda's day spa. And I can remember when the girls were leaving, I was like, look, if you're going to do anything you're not supposed to do or do or go anywhere, that's going to make me look bad, take your dang shirt off. Right. Before you go. And I often wonder if Jesus Christ himself doesn't think, you know, I just wish they wouldn't even say they were a Christian. A matter of fact, there's a there's a verse in uh, Revelation that uh, you probably have heard if you've been in church. But there's a verse in Revelation where God says, "Either be hot and on fire for me, or be j just say you're against me. But whatever you do, don't be lukewarm, because lukewarm people make me want to vomit." You know, so I do think God gets a really bad rap for people who say they're Christians and just do not do anything that has is that's christ-like at all i mean yeah there's people all the people out all the all the christians out there who are snobby and put people down constantly i mean and then all the televangelists who have had all the scandals over them like there's a lot of people out there that make him look bad but you're right you're right it, it, and you know what the bad part about that is so if you go to a bad restaurant and have bad food you don't stop eating Right, yep. You go to another restaurant and the bad part about that is, is I think there are so many people whose eternity is going to be completely jacked up because they place their faith in other people and how they responded and reacted instead of in, in with the most high God. You know, there's a verse, another verse in the Bible that says the way to heaven is very narrow and only a few people find it because just like there were the Pharisees back in the Old Testament. The people like what you're talking about, the religious people, you know, they want to make sure that everybody knows they're praying. They want to wear the best clothes on Sunday so that everybody knows they were at church, you know, but then they're the ones that are molesting people or doing these horrible, horrible things. Just the, just the same way there were Pharisees back in the old day. There's Pharisees now. Of course. I mean, and if, I, if I'm not mistaken, it, isn't that passage the one where it mentions like trying to get a camel through a needle eye? Where, yeah, it's just, yeah, well, yeah. no, that's about rich people. That, oh, okay. that the, the, the camel through the needle's eye is, uh, it's just as easy to get a, is it a camel through a needle's eye? 
a camel through a needle's eye as it is for a rich man to get to heaven. That's that verse. Okay, yeah. That's that I, verse. God, it's, it's been a long time since I read the Bible. Right? That's okay. It's, it's been a good 20 years. Obviously, but... some of it stuck, right? <laughs> oh, yes. And I also, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people on this show who are either, a lot of them are mediums and psychics who say they talk to angels on a daily basis. And that's talk to they... angels? Yeah. Oh, I've never spoken with angels. But now oh, I have I'm... kids who are seers. And here, you'll get a kick out of this, uh, especially Majin. Majin was our youngest one. And I wish I had the way to like show you. She was the youngest girl in the choir. She was the four-month-old that they handed me the first night when I got there. But <laughs> she was a seer. She could see in the supernatural. And let me tell you, there were numerous churches that we would walk in. And here this little five-year-old girl would come running out of the bathroom and say, Mommy Linda, Mommy Linda, there's a demon in the bathroom. I can see him sitting up on the, the stall. So, you know, you said you had some experience with Satanism. Do you know that one of the one of the ways to elevate yourself the quickest in Satan worshiping is to become a member of a church? And the higher you can, um, the higher you can get up, like in the what do you call it? the finance committee or on the, the board of directors? The yeah, that yeah. actually elevates you in Satanism. So everybody that, you know, everybody that stands in a garage ain't a car. So everybody yeah. that goes to church is not a Christian. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I've been to multiple churches where I grew up and my churches weren't bad. I mean, my pastor I had for most of my childhood was entertaining at least. That's, I mean, I think that's the biggest part of it though. So many pastors in the 80s and 90s were very dry, monotone men who just didn't spread messages that you need to hear. They would just read it verse and chapter and not right. try to make it relatable to life on a daily basis. Yeah. So but, if, it, if it doesn't apply to your life, I mean, who cares about a story that that you when you go, you want to make sure you hear. And, you know, the, the real the real. The real part for church is two things. Number one, it's a hospital for sick people. So everybody that is there is not a, is not a Christian, right? Because many people that go are there, they're seeking, right? They're yeah. seeking what, they, what they're looking for. Just the same way they're seeking Satanism, they're seeking witchcraft, they're seeking whatever. But um, the other part of that is, is that when you are a Christian, you should be going to church to serve. I mean, your, your goal is to be there to serve others. And, I mean, and that's what Jesus did, right? Jesus was a servant. I mean... He said the first will be last. The last will be first. I mean, he was the one washing everybody else's feet. He was the one serving. So, I mean, that Christian. And you know what? Here's another thing. There is a real checklist for whether you're a Christian or not. It's in Galatians 5, 17. And it's real simple. It says if you have the Holy Spirit, you have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. There's nine parts of the fruit of the Spirit. So if you're full of the Holy Spirit, that's what it says. Whatever's in your heart is what flows out of your mouth. OK, yep. so if that's not flowing out, that's your checklist, because then the list right after it is. And if you're walking in the flesh, which means you're doing what you want to do when you want to do it, that's where the the jealousy, the rage, the fits of anger, the outbursts, mm -hmm. all of that. That's where that comes from. So it's a, a clear checklist. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's. The Bible makes it very clear, like who they want and the rules they want to set for everybody. Like the whole, not, the, the whole don't mix fabrics, which yeah, we broke that one about a hundred years ago. But <laughs> yeah, but that's in the Old Testament. Once Jesus Christ died on the cross, that knocked that out. So uh, we don't, we 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 get to. That's the whole point: is that He died for our sins. He paid the penalty for all of that. 
So now we get to move forward with the with the gift of the Holy Spirit, who's the counselor, who's the guide, who's the one that prompts you to to help and to do and to to live correctly. But anyways, that is why and what happened. And uh, that's how we came up with the ministry of love him, love them. And so, you know, I just I want to encourage all of your listeners that we have so many ways that you can come alongside of us and and help with our kids and help with our pastors and with our doctors and our nurses and our vocational school. We have a vocational school that we just had a graduation with where, where we're teaching cosmetology, uh, construction, computers. Uh, look at this. This is made out of trash. Can you see it? Yeah. I My bracelet. It. Yeah, so we have like 187 women that are making this jewelry. It's, we call it Beauty for Ashes. And we just came out with a brand new um, Christmas ornament line that's, that uses this same trash. So there's tons and tons of ways uh, that people can come alongside of us to help with the, with the kids and everything that we have going on in Haiti. I would love to take you there. I'd I'd be more I'd be more than willing. I've been to a bunch of a bunch of islands in that area, but I've never been to Haiti. I mean, what what, what other islands in the Caribbean? Uh yeah, in the Caribbean, yeah. I've been. I mean, I've been to the Dominican Republic. I've been to Bermuda. I've been to Bahamas. I've, I've been to a bunch of different Saint Thomas, like a bunch of different Saint Islands. We Dominican I, is on the same island. What was that? D the Dominican is on the same island with us. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, I, I went to the Dominican Republic in 2019 before COVID. Yeah. So that we're connected. We're on the same island. Now, it's as different uh -oh. as day and night. Actually, in, in uh, the D Dominican, they speak uh, Spanish. In yeah. uh, Haiti, we speak Creole and French. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they speak Spanish. <laughs> yeah. There's a story there about me getting very drunk one night on uh, Mama Juana and uh, trying to speak Spanish to all the people that work at the resort. But <laughs> Don't you have Casa de Pepe? I mean, yeah, I can, I mean, I could, I could speak it. I can understand that it took years of it, but it's just not at the forefront of my brain anymore. It's been 20 years since I took a class. So, uh, I mean, it's just, I, when I'm drunk, apparently though, I think I can, but. Interesting. So I have lots and lots of, I, I want to know how you define paranormal because that, that's what it says. Paranormal, the new normal. Tell me exactly. Cause I have so many stories and I'd love to share one or two if they fit into what you're your definition is to me the paranormal just basically means anything that's not normal or anything that we can't describe or define in a scientific way almost i mean okay. i don't even i don't even like to put the word scientific in there but that's just the best way to say it okay so like blind eyes opening people who can't walk, walk like miracles would you count those as paranormal? oh miracle miracles are very paranormal i mean angels demons are paranormal ain't Anything that we can't see on a daily basis. Okay, that so we, in the and supernatural, we, the supernatural. Yeah, the paranormal and supernatural are basically just two words that mean the same thing almost. Perfect. Okay, so can I can can I share a couple stories? Oh, be my guest. Yes. Okay, so uh, I have a thousand billion million of them, but I'm gonna go with what should I tell you? I'm gonna. Well, I'll just go with a couple of weeks ago. So a couple of weeks ago. So we're still on tour right now for our book. And with uh, this particular place, I had um, I had six of the girls from the orphanage with me that were singing. So they sing, I share, they sing, I share. And so at the end, we said, you know, is there anybody here that needs healing? Is there anybody here that has um, any sickness or illness or whatever? And so a lady came up. She could see out of this eye, but she couldn't see out of this eye. 
And so she, um, we had a big banner there. And so there's a verse in the Bible that says, any of you who are sick, ask the leaders of the church to anoint you with oil and pray. And not only will you be healed, but your sins will be forgiven. And so she came up and she said, I can't see out of this eye. And I said, well, cover this one and look at this banner and see if you can see. And she was like, I can't see it. And I said, okay. So I, I went, I got, I have some oil, which smells so good. I mean, whatever. But anyways, I put, I pulled the oil out. I just put a little bit of oil on her eye and I prayed for like five seconds. And so I said, okay, now look at the banner and see if you can see. And she goes, nope, I can't see. So Belinda was with me. And I, Belinda is one of the girls from the orphanage. She lost her family in the earthquake. And I said, Belinda, I said, come over and, and help me pray for this lady. So Belinda comes over and she, Belinda asks her a question. She said, is there anybody that you need to forgive? And the lady said, nope, I really don't think so. And Belinda said, okay. So Belinda prayed for her for about five seconds. And then she came off. And so I asked the lady, I said, look at the banner. Can you see? She goes, yes, I can see. <laughs> and Belinda, bless her heart. She's so cute. She's 20 years old. She goes, are you for real? are you for real? You can really see. <laughs> so that, that was uh, one experience. There is another verse in the Bible in Mark, it's Mark 16, 17. And it says, for those of you who believe you can lay your hands on the sick and they'll be healed. So uh, another event that I was at a couple of weeks ago, a lady brought up a seven-year-old little girl and she has not spoken since 2019. Her mom related it to COVID, but she said that she, they, they, she's taken her to the doctor. She couldn't figure out what was going on. Nobody can give any explanation, but she has not spoken since 2019. So there wasn't, there were too many people there. I was autographing books and I didn't have an opportunity. So I just gave her my phone number. I said, give me a call. She called me. She came to my house the next day and I sat, talked with the girl for maybe 10 minutes. And then I prayed with her for probably 30 seconds. Uh, and she didn't, she didn't say a word. And then she left and her mom took her to an event the next day, dropped her off. And when she picked her up, she said, every single teacher there said, what is wrong with your daughter? She wouldn't shut up the whole time she was here. All she, all she did was run her mouth. Right. Um, so we have, I had a girl a couple of weeks ago. She's been bedridden for, she told me like five years. She had had some sort of a surgery and, and she hasn't been able to even stand up. And we went in and literally just because of what the Bible says about how you can pray and that God is the healer. And so we prayed uh, again, does it, not a matter of time, but uh, we just prayed and asked for her to be healed. And she stood up, not only stood up, but she literally walked out into the kitchen. So it's just amazing that based on what we believe, right, and what the Bible says, um, how God God is really just looking for instruments. You know, there's another verse that says that the eyes of the Lord are roaming the earth because he's searching for someone whose heart is turned toward him so he can use them. And I just uh, I think it's just really, really cool when we get to be a part of that. I had that happen in Haiti, too. That's in that's one of the chapters in the book. We had a voodoo princess. Uh, it's a very long story, so I'll, I'll shorten it up. But anyways, her mother had been laying at the edge of the floor in this little hut in Haiti for eight days. And they had taken her to the hospital nine days prior to that. And uh, they didn't have a hundred good, which I think comes up to about five dollars. They didn't have enough money, so the doctor wouldn't do anything. And then on the way back, she took a motorbike and her leg got burned. And it, it literally, when I saw it, it looked like 
like a banana had peeled down. Her whole leg was peeled down. She hadn't eaten in eight days. She hadn't gotten up in eight days. And that, that wound was just festering. And literally there was no room in that room. Her, I had to lay over top of the bed, reach down and barely just touched her. And I just asked God to heal her. And four seconds later, she got up, sat in the chair and said, which means I'm hungry and uh, ate some chicken and, 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 and the, her daughter's wedding was the next day. And she ended up at the wedding the next day. That's incredible. I mean, and Jesus, they, the doctors down there do not seem like they care about people that much, but. Well, I, mean, I think our hospital does. I don't know about others. I've been in, well, you know what? You're right. I have, a, we did have a child that died from typhoid fever. That was before we opened our hospital. And yeah. there are, there are, you're, there are some instances that it's a hot mess. Yeah. I mean, in any developing country like that, which is, which I still consider Haiti a developing country, especially after the natural disaster. So, I mean, it's always going to be rough. I mean, in the Dominican, there's so many things they warn you about not to like, let like they basically tell you, don't leave your resort unless you're occupied, unless you have someone with you who's from here, because it's could be dangerous. Like <laughs> thing, things happen to tourists. Like, <laughs> Amen. And then, you got that right. And then shortly after we got back, it, there was that whole story in the news about a woman in the Dominican Republic found dead in her resort because yep. she was looked like she was beaten to death or something. But so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I didn't leave the resort with, unless I was on like an actual excursion with the resort. But right. which I went on a few of those. It's, it was nice to see the countryside and to see actual people and how they live their daily lives in there. We went to a school. We got to see children in a school and like watch them learn for a little bit. It was beautiful it was interesting mm -hmm. but it's just you feel so bad for them like you do mm -hmm. like you wish you could do more but i ain't no millionaire so i can't do that much but yeah sometimes it does feel like you're spitting in the ocean um yeah. i remember when we first came back the first time that's what my husband said he was like there's what are we gonna do there's there's nothing we can do i mean there's there's devastation everywhere and you know that starfish story when you're walking on the beach and it says, oh, there's all these starfish. But if I throw one in to save that, what are we? What difference does it make? Because there's so many more. And then the, the as the story goes, well, it makes a difference to that starfish. Right. So, yeah. you know, what I know is, is that. I feel that way a lot, too, when I'm there. But then, like, when I when I when I see these kids that have come here and I think, because now, now like Radovka, Radovka's upstairs. She she just made the soccer team. She got a soccer scholarship here at uh, at Emmanuel College in Franklin Springs, Georgia, and now she wants to be a uh, she wants to go to college, become a judge, and help people from Haiti. So I mean, and then I have another one who wants to become a physical therapist and either get a job here or go back and work in the hospital in Haiti. And so I think you know, you just never know. You just never know if that one person that you help, uh, what what that's going to do. You you just never know what seeds you're planting, and how they will get watered, and 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 how you can encourage. I mean, you just never know. That's that's yeah. part of the supernatural. You never know. Exactly. I mean, and I've had a lot of I've had a lot of mediums and psychics tell me that by me doing this show is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing because I'm getting the word out that there's because according to what most of them what most of them believe is that. In the last five years, there's been a spiritual awakening in America and around the world of people realizing that they have these abilities to talk to God or talk to whoever they believe in. And more and more people are realizing it every day. And it's just a great thing happening because it's bringing us back to our roots that we had 
many years ago before technology and everything else took over us. My hope would be is if there's been a spiritual awakening, <laughs> that our world would be a better place. That would be the only concern I would have is, oh, my goodness, with as much hate and and rioting and, and destruction as there's been in the last couple of years. I mean, oh, my goodness. I, I, I if, if we're waking up, I hope we continue to wake up. That's all I've got to say, because uh, it's been it's been kind of evil and and depressing and oh yeah i mean i always say i always say don't watch the news unless you want to be depressed but exactly exactly. but i mean if there is an awakening it's happening which i truly believe it's happening but it's going to take time for things to truly change as it always does i mean nothing changes overnight right the whole world the whole world's not gonna wake up tomorrow and say oh let's all love each other and not hate each other anymore like that's not gonna happen it takes and you know that's the name of our ministry and it's basically the bible in one sentence love him love them because there will always be people that will come in your life, the thems in your life that you just can't love without loving him. But when you love him, the, the Holy spirit gives you the power to be able to, you know, to over love, love conquers all. Right. And yeah. so I often think how different this world would be if we just did that one sentence. What I agree hundred percent, but since I got you on here, you did mention voodoo, and uh-huh. that's that's something I really haven't had talked about in this show yet either. And oh, wow, I've I'm always real. it's one of those things that's always interested me. I mean, I had I had one investigator from New Orleans kind of talk about it a little bit, but I it's just what have you seen as far as voodoo goes? Because I mean, it's one of those things where you hear about it in movies and TV shows, but a lot of people don't believe it's real. Oh, it's but very that, real. It's very uh, real. I've seen it. Uh, it's very very real. Yeah. So I mean, I could. I, I, I'm not sure what you want to know, but I'll just tell you it's pure evil is what it is. And, you know, Satan, does, the, the Bible tells us that Satan is the ruler of this world. Satan is very, very organized, right? He's got principalities. Ephesians 6, actually, in the Bible, it spells out exactly what and how he works. And that's what voodoo is. Voodoo is worshiping him and using the power that he has. Um, they do a lot of different crazy things. They they rob, you know, and, and, and one of the parts I think that really bothers me is that in America, we sensationalize the things that voodoo does without calling it voodoo. For example, Harry Potter, astral projecting, that's voodoo. Uh, For example, um, uh, what do you call it when somebody transforms themselves into something else, a wolf or an animal? Like a skin, uh, like a skinwalker. Yeah, I mean, and so, or, or what do you call Halloween? Halloween is like in Haiti, the from October thirtieth, thirty first, November first. It's called the Day of the Dead. Nobody yeah. goes out. Nobody goes out because that, I mean, and when I when I first <laughs> this will when I first brought the kids here to America, we we actually got stuck here. We had we overstayed our visas because there was a hurricane and we couldn't get back to Haiti. That was kind of funny. Usually people get stranded in Haiti and can't come back here. Our kids were stranded in America and couldn't go back there. So they ended up being here during the Halloween and it freaked them out because all of the stuff that these people in America put out on their lawns, put out, that's how you get Satan and voodoo in Haiti to come to your house. And so that we, even when we were walking through Walmart and I think we were even at a, like a McDonald's or something, I mean, you know how they decorate the windows and oh, yeah, put all the stuff up. And I mean, the kids were freaked out. They were like, why in the world are, is all of this stuff out? So the fact is 
what it's real there and really happens, we sensationalize it here and, and have our kids watching it and, and, and let our kids watch movies that have uh, all of voodoo in it. Oh, zombies. I mean, you know, and a lot of people have their kids dress up as zombies. Zombies are a huge part of voodoo. Oh, they yeah. They, they go they, and get the they they steal the bodies. So many, 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 many times when you go to the graveyard with nobody. You know how we go to the graveyard here in America and we put flowers and stuff. Yeah. You don't do that in Haiti because that's where a lot of the voodoo takes place. They go, they break open the graves. They bring the bodies out. They use the bodies. They have uh, ceremonies. I mean, demon. Look. There's the Holy Spirit and there's demonic spirits. Okay. Both spirits, they're spirits. So they have to have a body, right? They have to have a body to be able to do what they want to do. And so whether that's the body, I mean, in, in the Bible, do you remember whenever Jesus came up and saw the, the guy in the graveyard and he said, what's your name? And he said, legions. And whenever Jesus cast those demons out, they said they begged him, said, please send us into the pigs. Don't send us back into the abyss. Send us into the pigs because they have to have a body. Yeah. So the same way the Holy Spirit reacts and responds Christ like through our bodies and through we're us because Jesus is not here anymore. Right. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the father. It's up to people who have the Holy Spirit to act. It's the same way with with voodoo, with demonic spirits. They have to have a body to go into. That's why they use chickens, pigs, uh, but, and they have ceremonies and I'm telling you, they can astro project. Many of my kids can tell you stories of when they would look out of the orphanage, the window of their orphanage. Uh, <laughs> Rodovka told me the other day, she remembers watching the lady that worked, that lived there, uh, turn herself into a wolf and fly off. We, we, and we've seen it. We've seen it here too. Uh, and those stories, I have several of those stories in our book of, uh, because we fought that voodoo. Here, here's the thing. They also, uh, we fought that voodoo because a lot of the children that came with our choir prior to the earthquake had been raised by people who wanted them to take over their voodoo ministry. And so there were people that were very, very angry that those kids got to come to America. I mean, that's everyone's dream, right? Yeah, of course. And so the anger that they had because those children were able to come to America. And on top of that, not only were the kids coming to America and they weren't, the kids were coming to America and were sharing the gospel. And so that was completely against what they wanted. And so we've we had terrible tragedies, very many, many demonic manifestations, um, horrible things, and which we finally found out. And I talk about that in the book. My. <laughs> When I finally realized what was happening after our second choir tour, my goal was I was going to go back and kill the voodoo priest. <laughs> and I was on the plane and everybody that was with me was like, no, 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 no. He's very, he's very powerful. No, no, no. You can't, you can't go anywhere near him. I was like, no, all the, all of the problems he's caused me with my bus and my, these kids and everything else. No, I, I'm going to take care of him. And I'm not going to tell you what happened. You'll have to get the book and read that chapter. Oof, I might, I might have to because you're, <laughs> you're you're very good at teasing it. I swear to God. I mean, it's just because I, which you're not. I mean, I, I understand that's the way it is. I I I interview plenty of people and I end up buying their books because I want to hear the. Oh, you don't have story. to buy it. I'll send. You, I just want. I don't want you to buy it. I want you to read it. Oh. I'll send it to you. Oh, I'll gladly like read it. Picture. I have colored pictures with paperback, or I have black and white pictures with a hardback. I recommend the colored pictures. Yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah, I'll give you. The, I'll send the paperback. 
Uh, that's awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, so did you actually run into in Haiti any people possessed by demons? <laughs> I've run into people possessed by demons here in America. And, uh, you know, I have the power to cast those demons out. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I have cast demons out of multiple people. And so, uh, yes, the answer to that is yes. The last one I cast out was a couple of weeks ago of, uh, well, yes, I've, I've done it several times, both here in America and in Haiti. Oh, yeah. I mean, demons are everywhere. I mean, that's the way it is. But and I truly believe that because, I mean, I've heard of enough stories of people being possessed by demons that it's too widespread to be made up stories at all. I mean, way too widespread, like a lot of paranormal topics. It's too widespread of experience to ever think that people are lying about it constantly. Same as Bigfoot or any of the other ones. I mean, I, I don't know anything about Bigfoot. Oh, I, well, yeah, I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't, well, I mean, and then again, I you never know. I'm sure you heard about them, but I mean, yes, I doubt yes, you. Yes. Oh, okay. But they, see, I get it because, like, the same way when you say that about Bigfoot, and I'm thinking, whatever it's probably just on the news i think that's the same way that uh, when you have it i mean that's the way i was before if you if you had sat down and had this conversation with me and told me if uh when was our first tour 2016 if you had sat down and had this conversation with me in 2015 actually even in 2016 because in 2016 when what, i had my very first experience with these demonic things and people were jumping through window i mean levitating all of this stuff i um and these and and watching people have these demonic manifestations that look like grandma seizures. I mean, I related everything to medical and I thought it was all medical. I mean, I was taking people to neurologists. I was going looking, seeking out doctors. And so I didn't believe it. I, I had. But <laughs> but when you can't get you know, here's the thing. You can't medicate a spiritual problem. No, you can't. And so when people continue to try to medicate something and you still have the same result or it gets worse. I mean, for some people, they just can, they up the medication, but yeah. I think that's the, I really believe Jeremy, I really believe that not all of them, but I believe a large portion of people that are in mental institutions. I think that they're it's demonic. Which I was just going to ask you that, like, do you, because it's long been believed that a lot of they've been they've given names to a lot of mental illnesses that just when I've heard other people tell me before too that they are just they, there's either demons or there's some some kind of bad spirit in them whether it's demons or something else I mean a, you want to call it a fae you want to call it an elemental there's something in them that's taken over right, their but I mean and, and you know I mean God created us and He tells us in His Word exactly what and how. Uh, I mean, Satan is very uh, legalistic. Okay. So he knows who he can mess with and who he can't. And on top of that, he says he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for those he can devour. So when we're already weak or we're at fear, I mean, look at what's happened in the country in the last, when did the COVID, this 2019 or 20? I can't remember. But I mean, beginning of 2020. Like, yeah. yeah. So look at how fearful everybody is. And what is fear? Fear is the opposite of faith. And so it's like there are so many ways to open up the door to demonic activity, you know, through what we are, through our eyes, through our ears, through um, we it's 
and and many many times when you hear people trying to cast out demons there's several demons that will speak out and say i'm not going anywhere because i have every right to be here i have every right to be here and so it's i mean it's a spiritual issue and the only and, and the other problem is i mean biblically it says that when you cast a demon out of somebody that if that uh if that is it, the actual verbiage is when it leaves and the house of the demon is swept clean. If it doesn't get filled up with something different, which means the Holy Spirit, it'll come back seven times worse. Yep. I, so, yep. I, I, I do remember that verse. And but what do you? What is your opinion then on the fact that like the Pope and the Vatican like try to say there's no such thing as exorcisms? They try to say like they won't talk about it, like they don't want people to know or something. Okay. I'm just going to be, I don't want to make you mad, but I'm just going to tell you the truth of what my experience has been. Okay. All right. Not going to make me mad. Don't okay. worry about that. Voodoo temples in Haiti look exactly like Catholic mosques or Catholic places here. Exactly the same pictures of saints are painted on all of the voodoo temples. So I think there is a, and, and a matter of fact, a lot of people who don't want to be categorized as voodoo people uh, just say they're Catholic. Oh, trust me. I'm not, I'm not, I never was Catholic. So you're not, <laughs> I don't have the big, I don't have the greatest opinion of Catholics based on some life experiences. So right. I will, I will say right away that I can, believe that to some extent a hundred percent like trust when me when i first not... walked into that which I, I was the the first trip we were on somebody said that's a voodoo temple and i jumped off the back of the cow truck and went running in and everybody there i was like i want to see it i want to see it and that was before i knew everything that happened but uh and everybody that was with me was like no 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 no, no, no. you're not going in there and i made it in before they got me out and i looked up and i was like is it that and it said underneath it like saint saint has all these saints and I'm yeah. like, how is that a how is that a voodoo temple if those that's the same thing you see in the but yeah, I think there's a lot some lots of similarities. Which which I actually want to touch on this because you said a couple times that you think astral proje projection is a bad thing, but you don't well, think no. there's people you don't think there's people that use it by the Holy Spirit's power too for good? No, I think that uh, well, I don't know anybody personally that is a Christian that astral projects. I, personally, I don't. But there's two instances of it in the Bible, where um, shh, now you're calling me out. <laughs> Been up since six o'clock. Let me see. Uh, I'm I'm thinking Esther, and it's not Esther. It's somebody that starts with the E. Somebody on here is probably listening, going, "Dang, she don't even know." But they left in the carriage, and then it says, "And then he appeared somewhere else." Esau. So, I want to say no. I can't remember Isaiah. Isaiah and who was the guy that wanted to be baptized? And they were in the carriage, and then they said, "Okay, let's go." Whatever. It's, Trust yeah, me. It's, there's two instances, and I'm going to look them up when we're done, and I'll email them to you. But so I don't know so much that they were astro projecting, but they went from one place to another like that supernaturally. Yeah, which I mean, I I mean, I personally have had mediums on here and psychics that can astral project and they're not bad people they but they believe that from them it's archangels like michael and gabriel that they pray to to get their power to get the ability to do these type of things i've never i i mean that i've never heard of that biblically that that angels can do that i mean I, angels are ministers to the saints 
So I know that angels can do tons and tons of things. But, you know, also a lot of times it says, I mean, when we see angels, we don't even know that they are angels because it says that you can to be very hospitable because you never know when you might be entertaining an angel in your home to be. um, I mean, there's several instances of people that have like, oh, I, I, I know I saw an angel in Haiti when I was in the hospital in Haiti uh, or I was in the red. I don't want to tell you that whole story, but when that little boy died and I was at the red cross there, I was the only one in the lobby and there was a guy, somebody there that was not Haitian. And I'm a hundred percent convinced that was an angel. And he sang a song to me. He sang a song to me, right? Whenever they called me to tell me that the boy was dead, but I've never, I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, eh, I, I, I can't say I know about it hundred percent either. I just go based on what people tell me and the look in their eyes when they tell me, tells me that they, they believe what they're saying. hundred percent. They believe what they're saying. I'd be they're curious not... to know where that, like, like where did the, where did the angel take them or what was, I mean, like, was there a purpose for it or was there a, was it God's will that they were accomplishing something or were they just doing it for the sky miles? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. But um, from, I mean, from what they, from what I've heard and what I've been told, they pray to the archangels to get their abilities. And then there's also some people in that class who believe who are what they call star seeds. And they believe that the angels are extraterrestrial in origin. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. That sounds a little funky to me. I mean, all I know, I, what my beliefs are based on is the Bible. And I do know biblically, we don't pray to angels. So, so I, I don't know about that. Who knows? I maybe mean, it's, maybe it's, a little funky and not, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's tons of different sects of religion that, I mean, people branched out from the Bible and went to a lot yeah. of different ways with it, but. Yeah. Cause yeah. even, <laughs> you know, you got to think about this. There's first Baptist church, second Baptist church, third Baptist church. Right. And then I know I just spoke at a Methodist church a couple of weeks ago and the pastor told me that um, now they are splitting and so there's going to be some Methodists that think you can have gay pastors. And then there's going to be some Methodists. So you talk about splitting off, even, even after we've split off, then they're splitting off again. And, you uh, know, the, the, and that's so unbiblical because, you know, the Bible talks about over and over and over unity, unity. Yep. You know, I want you to be together. I want you to be of one mind, of one accord. And it's just like, nink, nink, nink. It's yeah, it's it's why I personally don't go to church because I just I can't. There's just every church has its own agendas and they're trying to get across and it's just uh, the happy see, people. But there are but there are some and I think that's why you know I use this example a lot because I took my kids to the um what do you call the place where they make money? The uh, yeah, the mint, the mint. The mint. So I took them to the mint and they had this one section where the people were looking for uh, I guess they turn in money there too. That's counterfeit. But the way they, they told us this, and it's really stuck with me that the way they train them is they don't show them counterfeit bills. They only show them the real, they were working on a hundred dollar bill that day. They only show them the real hundred dollar bills and they have to study the hundred dollar bills, know it inside out. And the reason they have to know what the real hundred dollar bill looks like is that whenever a counterfeit one comes in, they can spot it right away. And so that's my thought process on the Bible. If you know the truth, if you believe the Bible is the truth and, and the truth will set you free. And if you know the word of God, most people don't know the word of God. I, I offered uh, a church I was at a, like, I don't know, six months ago. I offered $500 for anybody that could tell me the Ten Commandments. 
this is the funny part. They were written on the wall in the front, <laughs> but nobody, nobody knew it. So I just think that if we knew the truth, if we knew what the word said, then when these lies come or these things that are, are, are not true, we would, you know, we would know it right away. Do you know what I'm saying? Those voices, yeah. the voices that come and say, you know, you're not good enough. You're not worthy. That person thinks this. I mean, those demonic voices, we hear them all the time. But if we know the truth, we can push them away. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. When I, from when I was a child, the happiest people that my parents were friends with, the, the happiest people I knew never went to churches. They always said, I believe in God, but I don't need to go to a building to worship him. Well, and there's, there is truth in that. And, you know, in the old day, uh, back in the day, like I just got back from Greece. I have a daughter that's in Greece and she's, uh, this is kind of cool. She's teaching Afghan refugee women English using the Bible, which is incredible. And she's Haitian. She's, she said somebody stopped her on the street the other day and said, I've never seen a black person or a Haitian here. Can I take a picture with you? So that was kind of comical, but the, uh, the truth of the matter is, and so I went over there to get her set up and I went where Paul was, Paul and Silas, where they got thrown into jail. But, you know, back in the day in the Bible times, they didn't have church churches. No. They, they met in houses. Yep. They were in small groups. They were in home groups. Uh, we have a home group that meets at our home every Sunday night at six. It's the core of love him, love them of our ministry. And I think it's very, very important to have a small group of people that can hold you accountable, that are like-minded, that believe what you believe, that uh, when things go wrong can point you back to the truth. I mean, I, I firmly believe that. But, you know, yeah. the sad part about it, Jeremy, is the church was God's idea. You know, there were two institutions he came up with. One was marriage and one was the church. And And look at what's happened to both of those. Yeah, I mean, as a child of divorce, I could tell you that much, but, but I mean, and the problem is, is that as churches developed over time, they just became, a lot of them, unfortunately, became more about the money than about the actual spreading the word and all that. You're right. So, I do not disagree with you at all, but I just don't want, I just think we have to be very careful and not be deceived. Right. Because that, that's another word for Satan is he's the, he's the father of lies and he's a deceiver. And the only problem with being deceived is if you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived, right? That's what deception is. You think you're right and you think you're true. So the the the, the point of that is, is we've got to be very careful that we don't throw away what is true just because other people have ruined it. So, I mean, if there is a bad pastor or if there is a bad church, uh, you can't, what do they say? You can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? So we have to be able to, to hone in on, uh, and not giving up our our entire eternity or our opportunity for joy because somebody else has screwed it up. Now, let me ask you this, because I had a, one of my favorite guests on this show was on about a couple months ago, and he has supposedly saw the devil three times. Oh, and, and John Ramirez? <laughs> no, um, oh. no. It was a man named Christopher Susi, and he... He was a military man, and he was in Bolivia the first time he saw him at a place called El Canyon de Tio, and which Tio basically is the devil to them because they call him Big Uncle, and they actually have a huge picture of the devil paint on the side of this canyon, and supposedly anybody who goes in there at night dies because it's where the devil likes to go at night. But 
Where, what all... country did you say that was? Bolivia. Oh, I've never heard that. Okay, keep going. But and then he saw him. He saw him one other time outside a cemetery near near New Orleans because he was investigating at that point. And and I don't want to give the whole story away because I want people to hear that episode actually. But and the third story though was he went with cops into an abandoned house because he can recognize he studied satanic symbols and all that so he can recognize them okay. so the cops the cops asked him to go to this house in new orleans to check out the symbols because they thought they thought it was a cult like a satanic cult house right and and him and all three of the cops all well two of the cops and him heard somebody say you're mine now and they just felt pure evil when, when they felt that presence and i guess the final cop actually saw just glaring yellow eyes looking at him and he got the worst feeling feeling of his life and he actually like got taken off active duty because he couldn't recover from it oh wow so do you believe that the devil actually walks the earth at times to do his bidding oh absolutely the bible tells us that don't you remember the story in job what it when satan came to god and said I want your say. I want your, I want your Satan. I want your servant Job, and the only reason Job serves you is because you give him everything he wants. And God ans answers back and says, "Where'd you come from?" And he says, "Oh, I came from roaming the earth to and fro." Yeah, I, I I mean I know he does. He's the prince of this earth. But the the only part of that that sounds a little whatever to me is um, I've never heard of the person you're talking about. And I, I think that because Satan has so many minions and other, I mean, you know, when Satan left heaven, he took a third of the angels with him, right? When he yes. fell, he took a third of what, of, of the angels that were there with him to, and those, oh. those are the demons that are here working now. Funny and you so, say that. Funny you say that though, because I've actually been listening to Paradise Lost on a different podcast I listen to. And I've been listening to their version of Paradise Lost. Which, uh -huh. No, I haven't. I what does that say? Well, Paradise Lost is basically, it was written as the 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 story of Lucifer falling from heaven, but written from Lucifer's side, and written from like his perspective of why it happened. Okay, well, so the, and I don't know what his perspective is. I know what the Bible says is that he was the worship. Is it? Does he have him as the worship leader there? Basically, in his version, is he just he didn't like that. He he didn't like that the angels did nothing most of the time in heaven and just like were there as like servants. Like he wanted to have more power and he did want to have more power. I'll give you that. And he gathered up the Azelbub and all the other more famous ones, all the ones we know that demon names are used in TV nowadays. And basically, he the first part of it depicts the war in heaven. The second part of it depicts him falling. Uh, well not falling, but the second part depicts him in hell and how he breaks free from the chains in hell. And it, the second part also predicts, well, not predicts, but depicts him breaking out. And then the third part is him in Eden, trying to figure out how to mess with the humans that it, the God created. Yeah. And it actually, it actually has like fights between him and Gabriel and him and, Michael and the different okay, archangels. and that's biblical. There are are different things in the New Testament where it talks about uh, people who have prayed for things, and uh, one of them said, "I'm so sorry," because you know, Satan. Where do you, where do you, Satan is roaming the earth? But the, you know, there's three heavens. 
right? Are you aware of that? There's three heavens. And so everybody thinks of Satan as being down in hell, but as, with the way the Bible describes it is he's in the first heaven. So, I mean, that's, that's what, that's part of the problem is a lot of times whenever we pray and we're asking for certain things to be done, especially like when you say about the angels, a lot of times the, the angels, the, the holy heavenly angels have to literally fight through the demonic realm to be able to come and do things. Because there are several instances in the New Testament where the angel says, I'm sorry, I know you prayed 27 days ago. I meant to be here, but I've been I had to actually have Michael come and help me fight to get through the demonic realm because the, the pressure was so strong. So it sounds like there's bits and pieces of uh, the, the truth and what the show. I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with it, but the show you were just talking about. But I mean, the, the biblical version of why Lucifer fell was he wanted to be God. He wanted to have the same rank as God. And yeah. he was an angelic being. And God said, you know, that's, that's not the way it works. And he became prideful and pride is the root of all sin. And so, but the part that you said about now he's here and he's causing all of Ch God's children. I'm sorry. Chaos. He's causing chaos. Yeah. That's, that's his game. And, you know, think about it. Do you, do you and your wife have kids? We have uh, an eight, uh, we have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old. An eight-year-old and a five-year-old. Okay, so if I if I get off this podcast and I think to myself, you know what? I can't stand that, Jeremy. He really irritated me the whole time I was on there. And if I really wanted to get back at you, I wouldn't come after you. I'd come after your kids. Yeah. And that's exactly what Satan does. He, he's, he hates God. Hates him. And so what does he do? He comes after the children of God. Yeah. And even though just like the same way, whenever I saw those kids the very first time singing and realized that they had a joy that was above their circumstances, that's what the Holy Spirit provides us. And so, I mean, I get attacked by, by de demons, demonic realm constantly, constantly, uh, usually, especially right before I'm about to speak or right before I'm about to do a show or right before. I mean, he because that's his game. He wants to cause chaos and he wants to ruin us. He, I mean, the Bible says he's here to kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah, which, um, and just to clarify, though, Paradise Lost is not a show. It was a, oh. it was an epic poem written in 1667 by John Milton. I will see. Uh, there goes, there. now you see my high education level. Eh, it's okay. I mean, I, I never heard about Paradise Lost until I read Frankenstein in high school. And because Mary Shelley kind of based the idea of Frankenstein on Paradise Lost as well, because Frankenstein is supposed to be like his version of humans versus Frankenstein is like kind of like similar to Lucifer, like wanting to be as much as his creator, which Frankenstein relates to that in a way. Right. But, That's true. That's true. And, so Paradise and, Lost is what you're yep, calling it, right? Yep. It, yeah. Paradise Lost. It's, I'm going to look it up. It's it's um an epic poem told in ten chapters basically, and it tells from Lucifer being a dutiful angel in heaven to after after he talks to Eve in Eden, yeah. and it tells and and he creates he creates a female version of himself in his head, which is called sin. Hmm, interesting. Well, you know he was like perfect. I mean, he was like beautiful. He was like they was called the angel of light. I think everybody pictures him with horns and like you said, with the um, wings and eyes and all eyes. that. But I mean, the way that he's able to get in and do what he does so much is because he 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 is so 
beautiful. He's he's there's he's the, the morning star. Yeah. Yeah. The fallen one. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the fallen light. I mean, it's just yeah. I mean, I I just I mean, I've heard of Paradise Lost before, but I started listening to it on this one podcast where they do like retellings of classic mythology because they consider this mythology kind of and. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the way they tell it. It's just like it's a fa- it's one of the most fascinating stories to me. I mean, the Bible is the greatest story ever told. Most people say, but I mean, Paradise Lost is like a close second to it because it's just like kind of like, it's kind of a continuation of it. I mean, it's kind of like I mean, since you have kids you take care of from Haiti, it's kind of like when they told the version of the Three Little Pigs, but from the wolf side. Okay, I get you. It's, it's, that's that's what I can relate it to. It's kind of like just a different perspective of the same thing yeah. happening. And yeah, I mean, it's just, and yes, they actually say in it that Lucifer's appearance changed to what we now classify it as once he started having these ideas to rebel against God. And that mm-hmm. that's, that's when he started changing. It didn't, the change didn't happen completely till he was cast down to Tartarus mm-hmm. or hell. Interesting. So, but so yeah, just I've been reading that lately. And the fact we're talking about Satan, I thought I'd bring that up, but so, any other stories you want to tell listeners before we go today, or, or? Uh, well, I think the biggest story I would want to tell is, you know, what happened to me that day at that orphanage was I saw some stuff that really bothered me, right? I saw the trash pile that bothered me, the kids eating out of the trash. I saw the circumstances that bothered me, and I just, I just really think that there's a lot of people that see a lot of things that bother them. And my encouragement and my challenge to you would be, have you seen what you've seen or have you been placed in a place that you are, that you've seen something that bothers you for you to do something about it, right? I'm just one person. I was just there with my family. And yet in 10 years time, uh, we've literally changed people's lives because we saw something that bothered us and we, we did something about it. Now, what we did was literally supernatural. I mean, it was supernatural and it was miraculous that we were able to bring those 30 children here in the first place. But everything that has happened since then has been supernatural also. So my, I guess my question to everyone who's listening now or will be listening in the future is, what opportunity have you potentially passed by? Because there is a verse in uh, Jeremiah that says, I created you with a purpose and a plan, a plan to succeed, Right. And so what are you doing with the time that you're here? You know, there's one thing that we're all guaranteed, and that is that we're all going to die. <laughs> Ain't nobody. That's 100 percent for all of us. We're not here forever. The, we're, it's very clear this world is not our home. Right. We're just here for a short time. So why not, while you're here, find out who did create you? What is the purpose for you being here? Why? Why? Why are you here? And then wouldn't it be amazing if you could fulfill that purpose? And what if while you're fulfilling the purpose that you're here, you were able to change other people's lives? And so I just, that would be my challenge. I mean, the other thing I'd like to say is write me a big fat check so I can feed children in Haiti. <laughs> Our, the, the right, we're in a hot, hot mess right now. We don't have a president. We're under a complete gang control. I'm dealing with kidnappers. We're dealing with gang activity. We've had to hire armed guards. Um, our rice has gone from $30 a bag to $200 a bag. We can't find gas. I mean, it's horrible right now. So I'd love for everybody to go to our website, lovehimlovethem.org. 
Uh, I'd love for everybody to go to our YouTube channel, love him, love them. Uh, and if you want to hear some more of those miraculous stories, uh, they're all on there. Miracles with Mommy Linda. And so that, that would be my challenge. Well, very well put. Very well put. And I like that you use Jeremiah, my namesake. But that's actually where my, that's actually where my mom got the name from. I was Jeremiah. I was named after Jeremiah. But my dad said, you're not naming him Jeremiah. Make it Jeremy. But, <laughs> and which I, I actually thank my dad for that one. May he, may he may he may he rest in heaven but and my brother's name is actually joshua because of the oh wow yeah my 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 grandfather was very religious on my mom's side and so my mom named both of us after bible that's uh, so interesting and then my joshua. other goal is i want to be your new favorite guest i heard you say that the other guy was your favorite guest i want to move up on that rank and figure out what i got to do to be the new favorite guest Mm, uh, well, I mean, you bring me to Haiti, I might not hate you. But, uh, no, you, you're definitely up there. Trust me. You okay. definitely, you've been entertaining as could be, and you've you you've made me think about a lot. And the funny part is, right in the middle of when you were talking at one point, I started having this feeling in the middle of my head, like I've gotten before with some guests, and like, but this part didn't have never happens. There was like a little circle of light in front of my eyes, like surrounding my eyes, like a circle of light going in and out, and I no idea what it is i am i am not stoned at the moment so it's not that so i well i mean i and i usually am when i do my show so that's the amazing thing too but but no um i just i have nothing in my system that would make that happen so it's just one of those weird things that happens like i've had the head thing happen with a lot of different people in this show and i don't know if it's something trying to send me messages or if it's I don't well, know. What I can it is. tell you. I can tell you what the message is, and the message, Jeremy, is that Jesus Christ loves you. God loves you. He loves you so much that He allowed His Son to die on a cross for your sins, and He does have a plan for your life. And uh, He really does not want you to hold against Him all of the horrible things that every person in the, your past that said they were a Christian or went to a church or the pastors, he doesn't want you to hold that against him. He has an amazing plan for your life. He wants you and your wife to have the most amazing marriage ever. And for that eight and that five-year-old to be raised up, not the way you were raised and not with that, with that anger and that bitterness, but instead that the love of Jesus Christ really does exist. And the same way that everyone who uh, says, I mean, Everyone who says they're a Christian, you just have to, you really have to check that. And so I, my prayer for you is that God does show you visions, that he does show you dreams, and that if he needs to, that he sends an angel of the Lord to speak to you and to just assure you that, uh, that you go back to that root of that scripture. You know, it, the Bible says that um, if you train up a child in the way he should go, that when he is old, he will not depart from it. So my hope and prayer for you is, is that you would not hold anything against God for what other people have done. Uh, the same way, like I said earlier, that you wouldn't hold something against another restaurant because you got bad food at another one. Um, yeah. But that you wouldn't make your decisions on your own because you do have a platform. And uh, I think you really could change a lot of people's lives. So I, yeah. I think it's been an absolute honor and a pleasure. I'm so grateful that you let me come on. Uh, I can't wait to get the book to you and for you to uh, just kind of tell me what you think about some of the things that happened in there. Yeah. I mean, I'll a hundred percent, I'll, I'll send your assistant my address, but I am totally looking forward to reading the book and I never have held against God. If I mean, well, this is normally where I say, 
if he does this, but for you, I won't say that because I don't want to, but I won't hold against, I don't hold against God what humans do because humans are, n- are not full representatives of God in any way. Humans are just something he created that, or that she created, but that were created by an, a higher being for a purpose and that purpose, I've yet to find it. I mean, and I always, it's funny you said that because I always have said my whole life, ever since I got out of going to church when I was a kid that it would take an angel or something appearing to me and talking to me to make me believe. Like, well, he can I'm, do that. And that, that will be my prayer that somebody that he just stands in front of you. The angel of the Lord still does that. And that he will just stand in front of you and, and speak directly to you. I've had that happen with one other person. Um, I have a good friend who has the, uh, the Christian view television show. And that, ex- that exact thing happened with her brother. Her brother was uh, a drug addict and, uh, literally that she said that that's the only way that God's going to be able to get through to him. And so that's what she prayed. That's what happened. And his life is completely different today. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's easy for God. God is, <laughs> he's, you know, he's, you, you mentioned earlier, you, you said you weren't high or you weren't stoned. I mean, the bottom line is God is the most high, right? You can't get a high like his high. And then you're not hung over the next day either. So <laughs> it's an amazing high. Um, I, it's a joy that is unspeakable and it's one that it just doesn't even matter what else is happening in your life. Which I appreciate that. And, and if he wants me to have a peaceful marriage with my wife, talk to her, please. <laughs> but other than well, that, I actually, part of our ministry is we do do free marriage counseling. So if we need to talk with you guys. No problem. I don't know if my wife would agree to that, but I'll run it by her. But I thank you again for coming on and get, give the name of your website once again, so people can find love him lovethem.org and i will of course put that in the description of the show as well when i release the podcast episode in a week or two or so it should be around there so i thank you for coming on and as all my listeners know check out paranormal the new normal facebook group and you can find everything i do there